0: Thanks for tuning in to unsponsored content. I'm your host, Jesse Resnick, bringing you interesting conversations and stories from the world of technology and advertising with industry experts who are creating with curiosity and courage. If it's interesting or innovating, let's talk about it. Hey, listeners, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Product, Monetized TV. Earlier this year, Xander launched Monetized TV, an audience-based selling platform built for the future of advanced TV. What is it and how did we do it? Joining me on this episode is Holly Ray, VP of Product, and Thomas Bader, Senior Director of Partnership Engagement both from Xander, giving us a behind-the-scenes look at the newest Xander product that is paving the way to standardized audience-based transactions that are essential to scaling the TV marketplace. Holly and Thomas, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to have you both explain what monetized TV is and to give our listeners a behind-the-scenes view of what this product is and how it works. But before we get started on the product, I want to hear about both of you and your background. So tell me what your deal is. Holly, we'll start with you. Tell me where you're from, where you went to school, and how you made your
1: way into ad tech. Oh boy, that's a long-winded answer, I think. So I currently live outside of Boston and I came into Xander via the Clipped acquisition about two years ago now. My undergrad career was at Northeastern and then I went to Bentley for my master's degree. I stumbled into ad tech via having worked in the TV and digital advertising industry for many, many years, finally moving into ad tech, really starting with clips, and then made all the way through to Xander. Very cool. What about you, Thomas? How'd you end up here?
2: I joined Xander by way of the Clift acquisition. I'm now eight years with the company. I started in ad tech. Actually, my first job out of school is with our sister company, Warner Media, which was Turner Broadcasting at the time. I started as a team assistant in the pricing and inventory group. They started building their first proposal system when I joined. They were migrating from Excel to proposals. And I just sort of had this aptitude for, for software. I was in the right place at the right time. And that kind of led me down a path of media ad sales systems all the way to Clifton and Xander.
0: What a unique path. I feel like there's so few people that have kind of stayed in their one kind of lane for so long and you've seen so much. So you're in the perfect position to describe the transition of traditional TV over time to all the different types of TV that we have today. Give me a little bit of history.
2: It's interesting because, like you said, my history kind of coincides with this. When I was looking for my next move and looking at, at options, it was like linear TV hasn't changed in 30 years. It's impressions, it's units, it's CPMs, and it's age, sex, demo deals. And then as I started looking around, I came across Clipped and ended up joining the company And so data-driven linear, what clipped really excelled at and why we got brought into the Xander family is all about adding an additional data layer to the traditional age sex demo deals. So rather than targeting simply men 25 to 54, women 18 to 49, you're able to use data sets like MRI Fusion, for example, to target people in the market for a new minivan or health-conscious men who live on their own things like that
1: that's really interesting so, you know my background too I started in TV got into digital and when I found clipped I thought it's almost like wow TV is so old school and traditional they're doing things digital so much more advanced and so I thought it was a really cool challenge to kind of try to get TV to move to be more like digital which is very much what we're living today
0: yeah very cool that you both are here and let's talk about monetized TV. Tell me a little bit about the product. What is
1: it? What does it do? Very simply, Monetize TV is the sell-side platform. And it really consists of a series of US-based national TV programmers that have their own private marketplaces. And within these private marketplaces, they're able to create what we call advanced audience proposals that are negotiated directly with the buyers off platform. So campaigns that run through these private marketplaces are those that are directly sourced by the sellers. And, you know, how this is all automated essentially is the monetized CB platform has these direct integrations with the internal seller systems that allow us to understand what the programmer rate cards are, their inventory availability, and their estimates that are really the core pieces of information that we need to generate these audience-based proposals.
2: Yeah. And I think, because I assume a lot of the audience for this podcast are going to be digital first people, it's important to contrast a linear TV space with the digital space in terms of the systems that are in place. And so when Holly talks about those direct integrations, there really aren't standards for linear TV systems. So Disney has a different set of systems than Discovery, than Warner Media, and so on. And our unique place in the marketplace is that we have customized direct integrations with each of those, whereas in the digital world, everything's more standards-based and it's easier to make those connections.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, one other thing I want to call out is in the linear TV world, these are all guaranteed types of deals. So the TV programmers continue to have quite a bit of control over the type of inventory that they're willing to sell to a certain buyer. And so the monetized TV interface Gives the sellers those controls when they start to create proposals so they can enter parameters like budget, audience target, specific day part mixes for or network mixes. They might not want to give away too much prime, for example, and any t- other type of scheduling restrictions. And that's where our proprietary optimizer comes into play that generates TV schedules that are optimized for a series of different KPIs that the the seller may have. It could be something like maximizing reach against an audience target. And our optimization system generates those schedules within minutes after the seller submits the request to our optimizer. So even within monetized TV, that's where sellers are able to kind of review those results, get a sense of how well it it meets their objectives, and then uh, share directly with those buyers. And again, Given our deep integrations with these seller systems, we're able to kind of push those orders directly into those seller systems once a proposal has been agreed upon between the buyer and the seller.
0: Okay, you talked a lot about the sell side. How does Monetized TV work with Invest TV? And what can a buyer expect or like a
1: marketer agency expect from this new product and the integrations? Sure. So the direct connection of having all the seller information on platform allows us to really automate that buy side and sell side workflow via Invest TV. So Invest TV is very simply the buy side platform that is used by agencies and marketers to generate what we call RFPs that the buyers can send directly into the seller's accounts within Monetized TV that request things like budget, mixed goals, different KPIs, audience targets, et cetera. And this is really important because historically, all of this has been done via phone calls or or emails, and I hate to say faxes, but you know, that term has been used in the past. This really kind of helps eliminate all that by keeping all
2: communications
1: between the buyer and the seller on platform.
0: Explain to me a little bit more about what optimization means in TV or within TV.
2: Unlike digital, where the ad server can make a decision on every single impression as it happens, almost in real time, linear TV, national linear TV especially, is a futures marketplace. So ads are bought in advance. It's based on an estimate of what that audience is going to look like. And with an optimization, we're able to take that additional data. We use a term internally called decorating the inventory. So for every single available spot, we know what sort of audiences are expected to be there. And then the optimizer, linear TV plans are traditionally built on network day part. They tend not to get much more granular than that. With an advanced audience layered onto that, that decorated inventory, our optimizer can actually get down to the specific network day and hour to find the highest concentration of that audience. And as Holly mentioned earlier, it does this in minutes. So it gives buyers and sellers an opportunity to quickly iterate on proposals. They can also aim for different goals very quickly. So they might build a plan that optimizes towards reach. They might build a plan that is the most efficient. You know, There's a number of ways to run an optimization against the same pool of inventory. And then the final piece is that being directly integrated with our media owner partners means that the, the Xander platform is aware of the avails picture. A lot of other platforms in the marketplace will create an optimized plan, and then when the media owner goes to book it, half of those avails don't exist. With Invest TV, the platform actually knows what's available and is only going to produce proposals where the inventory exists, which also makes the the whole turnaround process more efficient and faster.
0: Thanks for that explanation. I want to ask a little more about the evolution of monetized TV specifically. So I mentioned in the beginning that it's it's why, you know, why the acquisition of Clipped was made. So what exactly was Clipped and how have you both seen the evolution evolve into what is monetized TV?
1: Clipped is really, again, the self-side focused platform that's very, very similar to what monetized TV is today. Without the connection to the buyer demand that we have with Invest TV, Clift is very focused on working with national TV programmers to build tools that enable growth in data driven linear transactions by connecting them to data and optimization technology. And that same focus has really carried over to what monetized TV is today. I would say monetized TV is an improved version of what Clift was, given its direct connection to buyer demand.
0: What's the biggest challenge for this product going into 22 and beyond from both a build and an adoption standpoint?
1: I would say one of the biggest challenges is definitely the fragmentation viewership that we're seeing, especially, you know, um, expediated by COVID. We're seeing a significant shift of traditional TV set-top box viewing to that of streaming, you know, connected TV. There's just so many different ways to reach viewers through both traditional and digital means now. And there's not really solutions that allow for planning, executing, and reporting against this total TV concept, right? And that being said, I mean, we still you know, haven't necessarily found as an industry a universally accepted cross-platform measurement provider to help solve for that fragmentation and bring everything together for a few of total deduplicated reach for any given audience segment. What do you think, Thomas?
2: Yeah, I agree with Holly. I think for all its flaws, Nielsen is an accepted currency in the linear space. And when you talk about digital, there's you know easily a handful of well-regarded measurement services that, and, and data providers that could be recommended and agreed upon for a buy. And so to get to some converged space where buyers can create plans across linear and digital assets, You know, they really need some sort of agreement across the digital and linear measurement systems. And I think that's really the holy grail. And a lot of companies and groups have been trying to move towards that. I think ultimately it's not going to be one holy grail. I think there's going to be three, four, five, six different ways of combining linear measurement with digital measurement. But until we get there, finding the right and accepted ways of accomplishing this is a real challenge.
0: We just are off the heels of an identity series at unsponsored content. So I want to get both of your point of views on how the cookie list world will affect this, if it will at all. Or since this is such a new product, is it something that you're already thinking about and kind of building it in? So no sweat off our back.
2: Well, hopefully it's no sweat off our back. But, you know, the reality is television, linear television has always been cookie list, right? It is one to many, it's broadcast, literally that. So they've never had the challenge of knowing exactly who's there. It's been more about forecasting propensity to watch. So is it women 18 to 49? Is it men in the market for sporting goods? All of those things are forecasted in advance. And I think that's something that digital might start coming around to. If you can't get to the specific cookie, the specific browser, the specific device, you can get to an understanding of the sorts of audiences that have a propensity to consume that content. And if you can find a way to marry that propensity on digital to the propensity on linear, while also deduplicating that audience, then you found really the holy grail for doing that convergence.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting thought around how we can bring digital and linear together. And there's not one size fits all, right? I do agree with Thomas that targeting those households, for example, that have a high concentration of the target, that seems to satisfy kind of like the TV awareness goals. But when it comes to digital targeting, which is more action-based, I understand the one-to-one approach. So I really think it's going to be a mix at the end of the day in terms of how the two come together.
2: I agree with that. I think it's interesting because, you know, over time, TV buyers have started to demand things that look more like digital. So let's move towards more targeted audiences. And digital has been so used to that one-to-one via the cookie that they're being forced away from that to something else. And I think somewhere between the two is where we start to find solutions.
0: Yeah, 100%. That was such a crisp way to put that. I love that. Speaking of crisp ways to put things, I want each of you to give me a one-sentence pitch on why a seller or a buyer would be should be interested in learning more about monetized TV.
2: So for sellers, monetized TV gives them the opportunity to compete with digital platforms. They can optimize yield, use audience targeting and proposal optimization, and that's going to bring their sales uh, of linear assets much more in line with what the digital buyers have gotten used to.
0: And what about for a buyer?
2: It's a few things for buyers. One, it's a one-stop shop where they can access many of the key media owners in the marketplace. It's also an opportunity to get more precise targeting of linear TV and another way to lower their eCPM, which is always something marketers are looking for.
0: All right. Rapid fire question for you. This is probably not that exciting being that we're still in a quarantine type environment, but which do you prefer upfront or new fronts?
2: I'm a traditionalist. So I prefer
1: in the virtual world, it's just a different type of thing. So it's hard to say. Haven't experienced it too too much in the virtual world.
2: I'm a traditionalist. I prefer upfront.
0: Love it. What's your all time favorite TV show? Ozark well, is
1: really probably one of the best. I'm just going to go with a recent one. I like that.
2: I'm going to go with Seinfeld. There's probably not a day that goes by where there isn't something I can refer back to in a Seinfeld episode and it still holds up 20 years later.
0: Love that. Last question, what's your
1: all-time favorite advertisement? I'm gonna go back to the recency because I saw one I really loved the other day, which actually happens to be a brand we know very well. Uh, well, a new brand, TV Stream, has this awesome ad with Serena Williams as Wonder Woman playing tennis. And it's been all over the place lately, but it's a, it's a good one with lots of cameos and it's pretty funny.
2: Every time I see Scoop, there it is. I still laugh like a year later. But along the same lines, Geico just knocks the, the ball out of the park. The hump day one is probably my all-time favorite.
0: Yeah, I love a good hump day. One of my all-time favorite words is Scoop. And I've been saying it since like middle school, high school. And it, it's like my word for like, yes, or like you want a contest or like got a good grade on something. And I actually recently just got it tattooed on my hand. Because I love the word so much. And I'm trying to make it happen in the world. I'm trying to teach my little niece and nephew it in Orlando. And they like, you know, tell their friends and it becomes
2: a new word. So is that like a Jesse Resnick thing? Or is like, do your friends do it too?
0: My friends do too. A couple of coworkers across my time have started using it too. Because it's just a good word. All
2: right, well, good luck in your
0: conversation. Thank, Orlando. Cool. thank Thanks. you. Happy holiday. All right. See you, Jesse. Bye unsponsored content is produced by christine rubenstein and sound by laura with special support from the xander communications team for the latest updates and to get caught up on season one follow us on social media at xander on linkedin instagram and twitter if you like this podcast or wanted to give us feedback follow rate and subscribe with us on apple podcasts and spotify thanks for tuning in see you later alligators The views or opinions expressed by the speakers are solely their own and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Xander Inc.